Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the commentary for The Pendant Shakespeare, Antony and Cleopatra Act 3, Part 2. I am your director, Landon Bell, and I am joined by... Assistant Director, Swen Halverson. And, boy, do we have a episode for you today. <laughs> uh, kicking us off here, we've got Rachel Bramke as Cleopatra, and Andrew Hackley as Domitius Anabarbus. Is it? If not announced against us. And if you hear that hum in the background, that is because they are in uh, Antony's campsite uh, in Greece, getting ready to go to war. <laughs> what is the beeping sound? Uh, that is a Doppler radar. Uh, so... They're they're monitoring the weather and they're monitoring for uh, incoming aircraft. <laughs> and to set in Rome that Fortinus and Eunuch and your maids manage this war. How do you bo- how do you do both of those from military camp? Because you're good. And as the president of my kingdom, so I've just got to point out. No, go ahead. Not Both actors are in fine form. Stay yeah, that's that's actually what I was fixing to say. Is <laughs> um, I, I just have to say in this scene, these two and uh, Anna here as Antony, both of them just completely act circles around each other. Man, I posted about it on Twitter, and all three of them were like, "We can't wait to hear it." <laughs> Slackness. Arado, we will fight with him by sea. By sea? What else? And, uh, Why will my lord I, I think the reason it came across so well is that so all three of these characters have completely different goals with what they're doing. And to wage this um, at Pharsalia, where Caesar Anna wants to end the war and be able to lead her life as she chooses. Uh, Cleopatra wants to be able to keep Antony and keep her kingdom. And Domitius just wants civility. He wants civility and he wants reason to be adhered to. And that's that's where the, the extreme conflict in the scene comes from. And uh, our actors do a magnificent job of uh, making it work. <laughs> You therein throw away the absolute soldiership you have by land, distract your army which doth most consist of war-mocked footmen, leave unexecuted your own renowned knowledge, quite forgo the way which promises assurance. And uh, so this music piece right here is called The Path of the Lost Thoughts uh, by Zero Project. Security. And um, I-, I liked the idea of transitioning into something darker as soon as... Domitius started ranting. And uh, Andrew, Andrew gave us some takes where he was just practically screaming at the mic. <laughs> and uh, they worked very well. Thy business. Uh, so here we have uh, Melissa Bartell as the messenger. And in the original text, the messenger just kind of walks in. But uh, I didn't want it to sound like it did in Julius Caesar when people just marched into the camp and started talking. So I gave the characters walkie-talkies. <laughs> I liked that idea a whole lot better. 
Yes, uh, David Alt as the soldier here. And I love how he just comes in sounding like he's he's been wounded out as the, uh, the fighting started. I didn't even ask him for that. He just did it on his own. I'm in the right. Soldier, thou art... But her whole action grows not in the power And we also have so Marine Boutier as Erato. You keep our land, the legions, and the horse whole, do you not? Marcus Octavius, Marcus Justius, Publicola, and Caelius are for sea. But we keep whole by land. This speed of Caesar's carries beyond belief. While he was yet in Rome, his power went out in such distractions. As Sorry, I'm just listening to the actors Which act again. <laughs> oh, um, so Erato's line there, uh, when she says Lieutenant, uh, David's, David's take of the previous line, <laughs> he commented and said, um, oh, and if the other actor says Lieutenant, make him redo it. <laughs> <laughs> So, I love that. It cracked me up. But, um... Yeah, I thought it was funnier just to leave it as it was. <laughs> than to ask for a retake. And that is these three scenes. They're kind of short, but they're kind of connected. Yes, as the battle begins. I wanted it to sound very epic, so... That we are squadron on yon side yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that I would have gone this far out with it. Um, I, I really liked Swin's interpretation of this. Sounded like she was, or she was over the radio in the helicopter and talking to Domidius. He just walks out of the helicopter after it lands. Yeah, that's very much that's that's kind of what it sounded like to me was uh, that she was in the helicopter, uh, trying to talk to someone, and and um, then you also had Octavius on the the battlefield at the beginning. Before I forget people's names. Uh, <laughs> we have Christian Bays as Perculia, who appeared at the very beginning there with Octavius. And we also have Phil Mays again as Scarus. Or Scarus, Scarus. I forget. <laughs> I forget until I listen to the credits. When Vantage, like a pair of twins, appeared both as the same, or rather ours the elder... So basically, I just have waves going on and then marching, and I throw in some the ships firing cannons off at each other every once in a while. Yeah, I love the uh, the sound of the cannonballs splashing in the water. She once being Louvre, the noble ruin of her magic, Antony claps on his sea wing and, like a doting mallard leaving the fight in flight, flies after her. I never saw an action of such shame. I can imagine this big, epic aerial battle going on overhead, and then these ships going at it at sea. Our fortune on the sea is out of breath. It sinks most lamentably. 
See, this is what happens when you update Shakespeare for the modern world. You get epicness. You already had epicness, but you get more epicness. I definitely enjoy the openness that you get with a Shakespeare audio drama. You get in an open stage, 360 degrees, where you can do pretty much anything. Uh, the music is On You Stay by uh, Zero Project. Yes, and uh, <laughs> that, that piece actually gets used again later, uh, later in this episode. I, I had no idea that you were going to use it for that scene. Um, well, it's very I, epic. <laughs> it is very epic. It's extremely epic. But um, I, I decided early on... Um, before that, that I was going to use it for a later scene. Uh, so I, I, I chose a, a section of the song that wasn't used there and put it in the scene instead. Uh, it still worked. <laughs> but I loved the symmetry. Uh, and you didn't even know I was going to use it. bids me tread no more upon it. It is a shame. Oh, right here. Anna is just a total ham. Friends, come hither. You can feel the pathos. So elated in the world that I have lost my way forever. She gave me, I, I, I think, like four or five Laden different takes of this, gold. and all of them were just... Take that. It, it was very difficult Divide to choose it. one. Why? <laughs> make your peace with Caesar. Why? Not we. Oh, I and here we have uh, Mindy Raskinen as the attendant. Cowards to run and show their shoulders. Someone else who it was difficult to choose uh, which take to use because <laughs> Mindy tends to give uh, a bunch. Has no need of you. <laughs> so. My treasures in the harbor. Take it. Yeah, I remember when we were doing Much Ado About Nothing and uh, we were having to choose between Mindy's takes. It's like, they're all good. Which one? The white reprove the brown for rashness and they them for fear and doting. Friends, be gone. You shall have letters from me to some friends that will sweep your way for you. Pray you, look not sad nor make replies of loathness. Take the hints so which is might it ring in the background? Things. Uh, no, um, I, I actually, uh, I wasn't going to mention that yet, but, um, that is the fountain in Cleopatra's palace. Uh, in, in each of the scenes I've directed that were in and around the throne room, um, I've had this fountain just kind of like in the center. Um, so if you'll notice the fountain is panned to the right. So this is a scene, or this is a room off away from the throne room, um, off to the left somewhere. Uh, later on, we'll be back in the throne room where it's nice and echoey, <laughs> and uh, we'll hear that fountain again panned off to the left. So it's a, it's a nice little touch that you can uh, listen for. Yes, my lady. Yes, he kept his sword even like a dancer. 
Well, I struck the uh, there a second ago, we had Amber Lee as Iris. that the mad Brutus ended? He alone dealt on lieutenantry, and no <laughs> practice had in the brave squares of war. <laughs> Yet now... No matter. No matter. Ah, uh, stand by. The queen, my lord, the queen. Go to her, madam, speak to her. She is unqualified with very shame. Well then, sustain her. Oh, most noble sir, arise. The queen approaches. Her head's declined and death will seize her. But your comfort... Panning all of these characters here was fun I, because, um... I have offended reputation. It's clear that Cleopatra's most wanting to distance herself a little bit because she knows... Sir, she knows queen. that, uh... Her decisions back at the battle um, have had severe See, consequences with Antony. Um, so I kind of panned Cleopatra off to the right a little bit and Erato uh, oh off with Antony. Forgive my fearful sails. I little thought you would have followed. Egypt. And then when they begin speaking again, they they move a little bit closer in. And thou shouldest tell me after. Over my spirit thy full supremacy thou knewest, and that thy back might from the bidding of the gods command me. Oh, my pardon. Now I must to the young man send humble treaties. <laughs> that line, um, the pardon line there, uh, there's a lot of great takes for that. Uh, Rachel gave um, angry takes. Uh, sorry and sad takes and, and uh, like indifferent sarcastic takes and <laughs> literally any of them could have worked um, but I went with the one that was that was kind of thoughtful that was more thoughtful than anything um, just because Antony's not angry with her in the scene even this repays me we sent our school but Cleopatra's the kind of character who you could have used any of them, and it wouldn't have changed the scene at all. <laughs> Some wine. It would it would continue to make her unpredictable. Fortune knows we scorn her most when most she offers blows. Which I I, I love that unpredictability about Cleopatra. It I, ironically it reminds me of Willy Wonka more than probably any other character. Uh, because he's also a character who's really unpredictable and does things that people would never imagine. <laughs> Let appear that's come from Antony. Know you her? Caesar is her schoolmaster. And I directed this scene as We have Rochelle Hager here as Dolabella. Approach and speak. And once again, we have Finn M.K. as Octavius Caesar. I come from Antony. And we have Chris Pyle as Euphronius, <laughs> who is another one of our actors who played two characters in this I mean, in this play. Declare thine office, Lord of her fortune. I don't know if that uh, cough was supposed to be in there, but I thought it worked. I think it worked. It worked well. Between the heavens and earth, a private woman in Athens. This for her. Next. 
the music Mathrodus in the background like is the Crossroads teaching. And of thee craves the circle of the Ptolemies for her heirs, now hazarded to thy grave. For Antony, I have no ears to her request. The queen of audience nor desire shall fail. So she from Egypt drive her all disgraced friend, or take her life there. This, if she perform, she shall not sue unheard. So now I can't get Cleopatra as Willy Wonka out of my head. <laughs> bring him through the bands. From Wonder if she has a chocolate river boat ride. And in our name, what she requires. Add more from that invention offers. Women are not in their best fortune strong, but want with the jewel than She's pretty rich. She's got money. Try thy cunning, Tyrius. Make thine own edict for thy pains, which we will answer as a law. Iris and Carmian are kind of like Oompa Loompas. Observe how Antony becomes her flaw. I noticed some uh, different people Caesar. Yes, uh, that's one of those fun names, uh, where you have people pronouncing it multiple ways. Um, so I just kind of stuck with it, because he is not Egyptian, he's Roman. So... Most of the people who pronounced it wrong were um, from the Egyptian side of this play. So I, I kind of went with it and made it part of the story in, in that respect. Which, by the way, uh, we had Jordan Gottlieb there as Tyrius. What shall we do? Lest I forget him. <laughs> Think. Where did this... Um, yes, so uh, I directed this scene, and this piece is from the uh, U.S. Army Band uh, Drum and Fife. Uh, hang on, I'm going to have to look that up because I'm not going to say it right. Guard, Fife, and Drum Corps. There we go. <laughs> and um, the piece is titled... Boyce Mortier's Concerto for Five Flutes, Number Four, Movement One. <laughs> so yeah, that was confusing. But I was trying to come up with the perfect, the perfect music piece for that bit right there, where Cleopatra is lamenting, and. Uh, I thought that the flutes worked very well. Especially in contrast to Zero Project's uh, the bombastic epic nature of that. I mean, Antony is very much the, the more epic uh, character of this play, and so the, I, that, that's part of the reason why I transitioned straight over from the flutes to uh, him, Zero Projects into dark into the darkness uh, and when Antony walked in. Sword against sword, ourselves alone. I'll write it. Follow me. <laughs> yes. Like enough, high battled Caesar will unstate his happiness and be staged to the show. So this scene, even though he doesn't get very many lines at all, this scene is probably more than any other we've had at this point. Uh, one that focuses almost solely on Domitius and Abarbus. 
Um, he's mostly standing in the background. Uh, like now, he's he's giving an aside. But um, so far, his his feelings about the war have just been scattered across different scenes. But this one is where he where his uh, where he where he really gets to make a choice about what he's going to do about it. If he's going to stay with Anthony, if he's going to leave. And um, of course, if you know the play or if you've heard it before, you know what's going to happen. But mine honesty and I begin to square. The loyalty well held to fools does make our faith mere folly. Yet he that can endure to follow with allegiance a fallen lord does come. Sorry, I'm just listening to the actors talk again. And earns a place in the story. I shouldn't even apologize for that. Why am I apologizing? Season this isn't an apology tour. <laughs> apart. None but friends. Say boldly. So happily are they friends to Antony. Uh, so Tyrius is back. As Caesar has. Or needs Or Therius. Tyrius. However you want to pronounce it. Our mistress leap to be her friend. For us, you I personally say, uh, Therius. And that is Caesar's. So, thus though. His conversation here with Cleopatra is really interesting in the respect that her reaction to everything he says is really because she wants to keep her kingdom. She doesn't want to lose everything she has to Octavius because they've lost this war. Stars upon your honor, therefore, he does pity as constrained blemishes, not as deserved. And of course, she's very good at... Uh, Pulling people into her schemes, so she has him going right along with her uh, her sappiness to be sure toward him. I will ask Antony, sir, sir, thou art so leaky that we must leave thee to thy sinking, for thy dearest quit thee. Shall I say to Caesar what you require of him? For he partly begs to be. The I love the the. Uh, Part where Domitius leaves to go get Antony because he knows this isn't going to be very good. But it would warm his spirits to hear from me. Of course, what happens later isn't very good either. But what's your name? My name is Therius. We do not condone the whipping of people. Say to great Caesar this: In I kiss his conquering hand. Tell him. I am prompt to lay my crown at his feet and there to kneel. Tell him from his all-obeying breath, I hear the doom of Egypt. Tis your noblest course, wisdom and fortune combating together. If that the former dare but what he can, no chance may shake it. Give me grace to lay my duty on your your Caesar's father oft, when he hath mused of taking kingdoms in, bestowed his lips on that unworthy place as it rained kisses. Favors, by Jove that thunders, what art thou, fellow? One that but performs the bidding of the fullest man, and worthiest to have command obeyed. You will be whipped. Approach there, you kite. 
Now, gods and devils, sorry, listening again. I really think I don't ever want to be a messenger in a Shakespeare play. Have you no Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Ain't that just the truth? Take hence this jack and whip him. Tis better playing with a lion. I love Anna's reaction here. It's just I am angry. Moon and stars whip him. Weren't twenty of the greatest tributes. I think she would whip him herself if she didn't need to have crosswords with Cleopatra. Of she here? What's her name since so she was Cleopatra? Whip him. Which again, Cleopatra it didn't really do anything. She was just flattering. And why allow for mercy? But Take him Antony strikes me as a very yeah, jealous kind of character. She's jealous of Being whipped, bring him everything up. that this she lays her finger on, really. Ah, <laughs> uh, and there he goes, being carried away. <laughs> So if you listen very closely, very far off in the in the background, you'll hear where the attendant is whipping Tyrius, which uh, gave me a lot of chills mixing it. It's maybe a little bit less chilling because I lowered the volume on it, so it didn't sound like it was in the same room. But mixing it is... Ugh. Jordan did a very good job of giving... Uh, Giving this. Oh, it come to what this? I, yeah, I started to say uh, Walla, but I was trying to figure out how to word it. Uh, <laughs> this very. Painful Walla. Let's put it that way. Painful. <laughs> he makes it sound painful. You have luxuriously picked out. For I am sure, though you can guess what temperate should be, you know not. What it is. Wherefore is this? To let a fellow that will take rewards and say God quit you be familiar with my playfellow, your hand. His kingly seal and plighter of high hearts. That I were upon the hill of Bass. My playfellow, your hand. Yeah, you, you kind of get an idea of for I have um, her mentality about being possessive. Which does the hangman think? For being here about him. being possessive about everything, Antonia. <laughs> Is he whipped? Soundly, my lord. Okay, so <laughs> I can't hear that moaning without laughing, um, because in the script I put that I needed some moaning Walla, where he's in pain from being whipped, and. Um, the part where Anna says, has he been whipped? Just the very next line I put, the Walla quote. Yes, I put, like a whipped puppy. And for some reason, we've had this happen before, just like it happened with Aiden. But Jordan recorded the parenthetical as a line. So he just said, like a whipped puppy. <laughs> like a, a whole series of takes of this. And it cracked me up. And I just, I had to tell him, um, 
I'm gonna have to have a retake of that because Arkham. that's parenthetical. But thank you for the blooper reel fodder. So y'all are gonna love hearing that, like a whipped puppy. Hence, with thy stripes be gone. Have you done yet? Alack, our terrene moon is now eclipse, and it pretends alone the fall of Antonia. I must stay her time. To flatter Caesar, would you mingle? That was another Adelib right there. Um, Not know me. Which was difficult to place <laughs> because of the the nature of the scene being very fast paced. But um, I, uh, when Cleopatra says that she must stay Antonia's time, and um, <coughs> yes, it it um, what I decided to do to make it fit was I just decided to center her for that line, and then raise the volume just a little bit. By the discandian of this pelleted storm, lie graveless. Lines like that are fun, though, because the in the original script, it's just intended to be the character looks at the audience and says that. Caesar sits down, but you don't have that luxury here. So sometimes when you get an ad lib, if sometimes when you get an ad lib like that, you just have to be creative. Aside. Where hast thou been, my heart? Yes. Thou here, um, lady? And aside in Shakespeare is where um, an actor stops what they're doing and they look at the audience and talk to them. I and my sword will earn our chronicle. Um, so some of the, some of the uh, most famous ones in Shakespeare happen in Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet. Uh, but they're in, I think, I think they're in every play, um, actually, at some point or another. There's at least one. So a lot of times on the show, what I'll try to do is I'll try to center it somewhere. Or I'll have the character doing something different so that it's obvious that they're not talking to everyone else. Let's mock the midnight bell. It is my birthday. I had thought to have held it poor. I love that line, let's mock the midnight Since bell. Also, I looked up to try and figure out when Cleopatra's birthday was, and I could not find any historic record of her birthday, unless I am severely overlooking it, so... I don't think that Shakespeare knew the exact date of her birth. He just put that in there. There's in it yet. The next time I do fight, I'll make death love me. I would be surprised if the wild lift was a reactor. Yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't historically accurate. Um, he changed them for creative sake. But cool with that? We're cool. So this is the last line. Um... Of this scene, and when Domitius decides to walk out and leave um, Antonia's side, um, the way it plays out in the original text is all the characters leave the stage. But here it worked a little bit better to have him just walk out on his own discreetly 
So if, if you're paying attention, you'll hear the uh, fountain in the background. And as he walked out of the throne room, he passed the fountain on his way out. So I, I love that little touch. <laughs> It gives you a little sense of scale for where everything is in Cleopatra's palace. Which so far we've only been in about three or four different rooms in the palace, so... Maybe we'll go to a few more before this is over. The Wild Bill Variety Show. Anthony and Cleopatra. So where does the Wild Bill Variety Show monitor? So where does it come from? You said. Anna mm -hmm. Rodriguez as Anna, um, you know, I honestly don't know. Um, I should ask and inquire about that. But I believe um, that the original director of the show uh, is the one who coined that. It was either him or it was uh, our executive producer Jeffrey Bridges. So. Bill Mays as and it could be neither of them. It could have been someone else, and I could be crediting uh, someone who didn't do it when someone else did. And so if that's the case, I apologize. <laughs> if I got it wrong, I will correct it on the next commentary as soon as I find out who actually coined the name. for audio by Landon Bell and Colin Kelly. Directed by Landon Bell. Assistant director, Sven Halverson. Yee-haw! <laughs> Never gets old, am I right? No. The United States Army Old Guard Fife and Drum Corps and Landon Bell of SoundCloud.com slash Landon Sorry, if I, if I had it my way, I would actually combine all of my credits into one. Produced by Productions. This production is copyright um, I'm okay with it like this. It's got a nice flow to it. For more information, visit it's got a nice flow. Thanks for listening. And that is it for this commentary. Um, I have blabbered on probably enough. I'm sure that most of you in the audience would agree. Um, Swen, do you have anything else to add? Um, you can give us questions. That's right. Give us questions. We still haven't gotten any questions. Uh, you can submit them to wildbillvarietyshow at gmail.com or on Twitter. I'm at the Bellman and Swen is at Swen Halber. Swen Halber. So there you go. Send us questions. If you have questions, if we missed something, if we didn't answer it properly, then just let us know. <laughs> okay, and that's it for me. We'll talk to you later. Peace.